Porch. My name is Harrison Ross, and I'm excited to be back with you tonight. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Yay for you. Why not? <clears throat> hey, so we're in a series called Mood. You just saw that. And last week, Dave and Marvin kicked us off, and he gave us this overview, uh, kicking us into the series, talking about, for the next few weeks, what does the Bible have to say about emotions? We all have them. It's a human experience. We all experience these emotions and these feelings, and so what do we do with it? And all of us experience different things. Some of us cross over and have similar emotions. Sometimes we experience similar things or different things and experience different emotions. Sometimes that's subjective, but there are a few things that are not subjective. When you are placed in that place or that experience, it evokes something in you, a feeling, an emotion. If you don't believe me, what happens when you see these images right here? Where are you? Yes, vacation. Everything away from what you hate right now. Your job, your life, you're sitting there with a corona in hand or a virgin mocktail for those that are out there. And you're, you're just living the dream, you're loving life. You're completely sunburned because you're convinced I can get away with it. I'm young. I don't have leathery skin. I'll be fine, said everyone else. And you look like a lobster, but you're on the beach and life is good. It fills you with delight and joy. Maybe the beach isn't your scene. You're into mountains, or maybe this is your scene. College football season. Oh, goodness. I knew that would happen. This is a terrible choice. But here you are, you're at the game, it's game day, you're excited. Maybe you're in the season and, and your team's winning, the Aggies aren't my team. And you know, you, that experience where you're there, you're there together, and they throw that long pass and you're like biting your nails and your girlfriend's like, why are we here? And, and you're just like, you're in that moment and they score, he Odell Beckham, he reaches out and he's like, he breaks his collarbone and you're like, yeah! You're high-fiving, fills you with joy. Or maybe more than sports, you just love to watch your team lose. I hate the Aggies. I find joy. It's fine. <clears throat> I find joy when the Aggies lose, and I go, yeah, you just got whooped. Whoop that. It's amazing. It fills me with joy. Maybe different feelings, but sports do that. Now, maybe neither of those things are your thing. But universally, we all know that this fills us with joy. Puppies, oh, I know. It's just like, oh my goodness. Ah. You, you just, it doesn't matter who you are. Now, there's, there's a reason we didn't put cats up there because cats are divisive. Cats are disgusting. If you're a cat person, I'm not saying you're disgusting. Hiss away, you're an Aggie, that's fine. But we love puppies. We love puppies, they're just cute and cuddly. The problem is they grow into dogs and then they eat everything. But we see these things and it gives us this feeling, this emotion that we all can relate to. It's joy. This feeling of joy and we want it. And then we spend our life chasing it from experience to experience. And so tonight we're gonna look at how can we have joy? Because here's the problem. 
Life's not just vacations and football games and puppies. Life's a beach. Maybe, maybe life's a beach when you're there one or two weeks of the year, but everything else, it's hard. It's difficult. It's sometimes boring. And your team loses. And it's not always elation and joy, and you're allergic to puppies. And it doesn't fill you with joy. And you get rejected. But the guy or the girl that you care most about, they don't want you. Or you don't get that job that you wanted. You get turned down for that job. Or you can't even get a job. Or you start looking through Instagram and your life looks nothing else like everyone else's life. Or maybe if you're honest, your life looks nothing like you thought it would when you got to this point in your life. You're not Drake, 25 sitting on 25 mil. That's not your life. But through all of this, maybe, maybe you're not one of those things. Maybe you've gotten everything you've ever wanted and still you don't have joy. Maybe you are like Jake. Maybe you've got millions, you've got success, you've got status, you've got that guy or girl, and it's leaving you empty. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that regardless of where you are on that spectrum, Regardless if you've had the best life and everybody wants it or you've had the worst life and no one wants to be in your shoes, the Bible says you can have joy. And so tonight we're gonna look at how do we have joy? We're gonna look at what is joy, what keeps us from having joy, and then how can I have it? And so first, what is joy? Joy in the dictionary is defined as this, a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Yeah, describes what we feel when we see it. Oftentimes, when the Bible speaks of that feeling or emotion or experience, it talks about delight. All throughout the scriptures, it speaks of delight, 111 times throughout the Bible. And delight is synonymous. It's the same thing as joy, happiness, satisfaction, extreme pleasure and fulfillment. Psalm 37, four, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Happiness, joy, fulfillment, extreme pleasure, satisfaction, this feeling we all want. But I wanna shatter something for you. Joy isn't just something you wake up and you're like, oh, it's a great day, hurrah! And then the music starts playing and you start high-fiving everybody. That's what we all want, is it just to kind of happen to us. But joy isn't a mood, it's a choice. Joy is not something that's just going to happen to you. Joy is something you choose to walk in. And I'm gonna explain that through the rest of this message. Joy is not a mood, it is a choice. What this scripture says, again, delight is a synonym with joy. It doesn't say, oh, you're gonna have joy. You're gonna feel joy. You're gonna feel delight. It, it's not a noun. It's not something that we're pursuing. It's something that we pursue to delight in, to find joy in, another synonym, to enjoy. 
It's not a mood. Joy is not a mood. It's a choice. Because what you're looking for is happiness. Most of the time when we say, well, I want joy and I want to be joyful, what you mean is I want to be happy. I want what I want. I want, I want everything in my life to go really, really well so that I can be awesome and beautiful and everyone will love me. And we can giggle, but we all feel it. What you're looking for is not joy. The mood you want is happiness. That's not joy. Joy is completely different. It's not happiness because happiness is dependent on our circumstances. Happiness is dependent on everything going well or me winning the lottery or me, uh, you know, blowing a red light and not getting in a wreck. I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> it's dependent on my circumstance. Joy has nothing to do with my circumstance. It has everything to do with my Savior. It's not dependent on everything around me. I can have joy regardless of what's happening in my life. That's what the Scripture teaches all over the place because joy isn't a mood. It's different. It's a choice. And if you don't believe me, people do this all the time. I mean, you, you can think of people whose life is in shambles. And they have a smile on their face, not because they're faking happiness, but because they have something that maybe we don't have. Or they're going through a terrible situation. They're going through a terrible sickness in their family. And these people have something. It's hope. And in that, they can choose to have joy. When I was in, uh, a few years ago, my wife, she has three siblings. One of her brothers died in a motorcycle accident. Out of nowhere. Random. Catastrophic. And in most families where a death occurs, not only is that hard to deal with, but it breaks the family apart. Many divorce, I mean, the divorce rate skyrockets. Siblings start to just gripe with each other and hate each other but I saw something different in my father-in-law. He stood strong, and he chose to have joy in the midst of a terrible circumstance. No one wakes up and goes, I hope my son dies today, because I'd love to have joy. But regardless of his circumstance, he chose joy. Not because everything was good, but because he chose the goodness of God in the midst of everything being terrible. If you look at the scriptures, and, and uh, Paul is going all over the, the Grecian world, and he is getting just persecuted and put in prison and beaten, and he sings. That's crazy. He's sitting there. He and Silas are chained to a wall, not just like, man, this is a bummer again. They're probably elevated, hung by their arms and their legs, hanging on a wall, probably thinking they're going to die and they're worshiping God. Not because they're like, this is awesome, God. We have a house, a roof over our head. It's terrible, but they chose joy, regardless of their circumstance. And there are scriptures, there are, there are stories throughout the Bible that show the same thing. Because Paul had it figured out. Joy is not from his circumstance. It's from his contentment that God is who he says he is, that he's gonna do what he says he's gonna do, even if it doesn't happen in this life. And in that, he can have joy. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Hold on, before I read it. Some people know probably Philippians 4, 13. Uh, 
Apparently I don't. Um, <laughs> uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. You see the college football players put it on their eye black or the high school players that are like, yeah, I'm bad. And, and they just are like, man, we're going to do it. We're going to win this season because we've got God. Yes. And we take it completely out of context. It's not what it means. This is the context. Philippians 4, verse 11. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. And in every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and in need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Joy is not a mood. It is a choice. But what keeps us from having joy? What keeps us from choosing that? I think the biggest thing is we choose the wrong things. We always have a choice. But choosing joy is not easy. Choosing joy is not often fun. Choosing joy isn't most of our first steps. We choose these other things because, like I read earlier in Psalm 37, 4, it says that we can delight in him and he'll fulfill the desires of our heart, but I think we flip it around. Because too often we look for our desires to bring us delight. But God has created us to delight in him and he will fulfill our desires. Too often we think if I go chase what I want, I go chase what I think I need, I go chase what my heart is telling me and I'm feeling, I'll have joy. That's not what this verse says. That's not what the scriptures teach. That if I choose to enjoy him, I choose to have joy in Christ. I'll have everything I could ever ask or think, or imagine, but we choose the wrong things. We're focused on the wrong things. We become focused on our feelings, what we think our heart wants, what our heart's telling us. Just, man, whatever your heart says, just go do that. I don't know, what's your heart telling you? I don't know, it tells me something different every hour and I can't tell if it's heartburn. But we get focused on our feelings and we chase these experiences. We chase these highs to give us something, thinking if I just chase by feeling, then I'll have what I want. And we chase the highs, the party life, the weekend warrior, the next promotion, the next relationship. And we just pursue our emotions, our emotional experiences. And that happens in the Christian life all the time, even in, in pursuing godly things. We want that great worship experience. We want to feel close to God. I hear all the time, I just, I don't know that I feel God's there. It's because you're focused on the wrong things. You're focused on what you feel. You're not focused on God. We're focused on the wrong things, our feelings or our flesh. Not just, not just what we feel, but what we want, what we desire, the carnal nature within us. We just want what we want. You don't withhold anything. Anything that you want, you go after it. It's like a buffet. I love buffets. You're just like, give me a plate and give me another. Give me that tray so I can go four on there. You just take it, because you can and you want it. I lived my life that way for so long. I was addicted to pornography for 12 years and part of that struggle is because I just chased what I wanted. I chased what I thought would give me pleasure, would give me life, would fill me with something. 
because I wasn't feeling joy. It's those impulse actions, those things we jump at because we just think we want it. We become focused on our feeling, on our flesh. And when we do that, when we chase our desires, that doesn't lead to delight. It doesn't lead to joy. It leads to despair. And then spiritually, it just leaves us jaded. Because we, you know, many of us in this room, you go, well, hey, I love Jesus, but I don't feel joy. I, I want to try to choose joy, but I don't feel that. Because we become focused on the wrong things instead of the pursuit of our God. The last one that we focus wrongly is in just fantasy. What I mean by fantasy is not just where our mind can go sexually, but just this world that really isn't reality. We just get distracted. We live in a world that's got more devices and more stuff that can take our attention and more pings and alerts and blah, bing, 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 bing. Like, I hate wearing an Apple Watch anymore because I'm just like, wow, do I have arthritis? I'm just buzzing all the time. And we just get distracted. The glow of our phone, the constant Instagram feed, Netflix, what everyone else has and we don't. And then there are some of you in this room that you go, well, I've got joy. I don't need God. I, I feel joy all the time. I'm living with my boyfriend. Life is good. We got one rent check, boy. I don't need anything else. I've got joy. I don't need God. Okay. Again, I'd say I think you may have some happiness. And can you have Happiness outside of godly things? Yeah, absolutely. But it's not gonna last. It's not joy. It's not a constant state of being regardless of your circumstance. That's completely dependent on your circumstance. And some of you that are saying, hey, I've got joy and I don't need God. A friend of mine uses an illustration. It's like free falling. If we just took you know, a video of someone just like, what? skydiving and no parachute, you'd be like, wow, they're living the dream until they hit the ground or they're jumping from building to building when you're suspended in free fall and it seems like you've, you've got no care in the world, that's great. But eventually, there's another side. What I'd tell you is if you're here and you think that you can have joy outside of Jesus, then you're missing out on what God's got for you. Eternity's coming and it's not a scare tactic. <laughs> because that's there, Jesus pursues you and he loves you and he wants you to know him so you can have joy. But we get focused on the wrong thing. 2 Corinthians 4.18. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We get so focused on here, so focused on me, so focused on what I feel, on my flesh and what it wants, and on this fantasy that we want to create, that we miss out on an eternal perspective. John Piper asks it this way. If you could have all the pleasures in this world or God, what would you choose? Like if you could have your dream job, you could have more money than you could ever imagine you could ever have. You could have the hottest wife or the hottest husband. 
And however many kids you want or whatever lifestyle you want, if you could choose that right now, snap your fingers and have it, or you could have God and have none of it ever again, what would you choose? I know what I should choose, but I know what I want to choose. I know where my feelings take me. I know where my circumstances make me want to go find joy in everything around me. I know I can choose Jesus. I know I can choose God theologically, conceptually, but really what I want, I want fame. I want security. I want those experiences of elation and excitement. I want to feel God. I will do that at the expense of even deepening my relationship with Jesus because I want what I want. I know what I should choose, but I know what I want to choose. And you know what? I'm so glad Jesus didn't. Because he had the same choice I did. He's the same choice that we all did to choose this world or something far greater. And when he could choose to be the ruler of all that was here, he knew he already was. And so he rejected that and he chose me. And he chose you. What keeps us from having joy is we are consumed with everything else in our life instead of being consumed with the one thing that will give us life, Jesus. So how do you have joy? You choose Jesus. You're like, okay, thank you. Glad I showed up. What a Bible answer. And it may seem like it's not enough, but that's what God gives us all throughout the scriptures. That's why Jesus came. That's why he came and dwelt among us. That's why he died. And honestly, as I'm preparing this message, I'm wrestling with, well, how can I have joy? How can I delight in the Lord? I don't really know. Sometimes it's this like ethereal idea, but I'm called to do it and I can have it because of Jesus. Not in what I get from him. Not in what I feel when I choose to follow him faithfully, but because of him. I've been married to my wife for eight years. When I started dating her, well, before I started dating her, I would see her in the halls. I'm like, man, that girl's cute. I'd see her more and more, and I was like, man, that, that girl's got something going on. <laughs> that girl is attractive. And so I asked her out. We went on a couple dates, and I just had fun with her. I enjoyed her. She made me laugh. I enjoyed our conversation. I enjoyed being with her. And so I went and asked her dad. I bought a ring, got down on one knee, and I asked her to marry me. I didn't ask her to marry me so I could get a tax write-off. It's ridiculous. I didn't ask her to marry me so that I could come home and have dinner every night. I didn't ask her to marry me so that I could have babies. I didn't marry her because I have a California king bed that's way too big for one person. I didn't marry her because I, I love to spend twice as much on every meal when we go out to eat. I married her because I love her. I married her because I choose her, because I enjoy her, I delight in her. I didn't marry her for the things I can get from her. I married her for her. I married her because I enjoy her. 
So what is the experience of enjoying God like? What does it practically look like to have satisfaction and fulfillment in God? It's the joy of knowing the person of God through Jesus Christ. It's not in what God can give you. It's not in what he's gonna do for you. It's what he's already done for you. It's what Jesus has done on the cross. And it didn't stop there. He defeated sin and death. He is the only person that rose from the grave and never died again. And he did that so that you could have life in him by having a relationship with the living God. And in that is fullness of joy. Psalm 16, 11 says that very thing. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The enjoyment of God is the enjoyment of the person of Jesus. I already said it earlier, but our joy is not found in our circumstances. Our joy is dependent on our Savior. Our joy is the pursuit, not of our desires, but the pursuit of the God of the universe, Jesus Christ, who loves you, who gave himself for you. Because you wanna know something that's crazy? He finds joy in you. He delights in you. The reason you can have joy is because he's the one that's pursuing you. And when you choose Jesus, you have him. Jesus didn't just die so that I could go to heaven. Oh, I'm so thankful that I get to spend eternity with him. Jesus didn't just die so that I don't have to go to hell, although I'm glad I don't have to spend forever eternally separated from him. Jesus didn't just die so that I don't have to have sin rule my life anymore, although I'm so grateful. Jesus died to give me God. The greatest thing I could ever imagine. He died so that I could have God. The spirit of God, if I believe in him, dwells in me. His power is fully present in me. And for all who believe, that's crazy. And that is our source of joy. So how do you have joy It's through relationship with Jesus. When I say choose Jesus, it's not this just like, all right, Jesus, step in, buddy. Come on, let's take out dating. Jesus, you're in. I choose to walk in him. I choose to have relationship with him, to link my life to his life, to choose that he will be the source of my life, the source of my power, because I submit myself to him. John 15 says this. He says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus died so that we could be reconciled to God. We could be made in right relationship with him to love him and be loved by him through relationship. And joy is a product of that relationship, not something we go searching for in our desires and our pleasures and whatever. It is a fruit of staying connected to Jesus. It is the produce 
That's what fruit is in the grocery store. Unless you all just like Walmart pickup and Amazon and you've never been to a grocery store. But it's, it is what comes from the vine. Joy is a product of a relationship with Jesus. And so how do we have that relationship? We spend time in his word. First, you gotta believe. You gotta believe that he's the savior of your life. You gotta believe that what he did on the cross is enough for you to satisfy your deepest needs. You don't have to chase it in this world, but you can choose him. And then you can daily sit in scripture and be reminded of his promises. We just sang that song at the end, to rest in his promises. We don't read this because it's a playbook that's gonna make me a better person. That's not Christianity. That's not why we love Jesus. I read this so that I can be reminded of who God is and how he loves me. When I read this and I rest in his promises, I know that I'm loved, that I'm accepted, that I'm forgiven, I'm wanted, I'm a part of something, I matter to God, I'm a child of God, and in that, I find great joy, fullness of pleasure, pleasures forevermore. So we do that through his word, through his people, community that's all around us, his church, because we forget. We gotta remind each other, encourage each other, and then as I said earlier, his spirit is within you. And as we abide in him, as we remain in him and find joy in him, have relationship with him, then joy is the product. And so how do I delight in the Lord? Let me just simplify it way more. How do I delight in the Lord? Practically, how does that look? How do I live it out? What's my next step instead of this ideological thing? One of the ways is just do what makes you love God more. And again, that may sound crazy, but some of y'all are trying to find joy in a relationship with Jesus by doing things you don't really enjoy. We, we, we've kind of gone in these Christian circles of, okay, I've got to have, I've got to have a two-hour quiet time if I'm really going to be a religious person, and, I, and I've got to memorize all of these texts, and I've got to go through these things, and I've got to make sure I don't miss church on Sundays. And you're miserable because you don't enjoy it. Now, are those things bad? No, they're life-giving. We've got to stay rooted in this word and connected to him. We need to fellowship with other believers and worship with them. But don't just do what everyone else is doing. Do what you love. One of the ways to, to, to do the things that make you love God more is do what you love. I'm not a guy that likes to just sit for four hours in Scripture and read Leviticus. I'm like, oh. Whatever. I love, to be, I love to be behind a boat on a wakeboard. When I get up at a sunrise and I'm standing behind a boat, my legs are throbbing because I need to work out. And it, it is just a glassy lake. That's worship for me. I am connected to the Father. I am close to him and worshiping in his creation, in the mountains, in a starry sky. What is it that you love to do? Worship him in that, 1 Corinthians 10. says, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. Worship him. Joy in the Lord doesn't just come from godly things. Everything that brings us joy and delight and happiness is given by God. So enjoy him in the things that you enjoy. And then do what you're good at. Duh. 
He made you that way. And some of you, again, are you just trying to fit yourself in this box? You don't have to fit in a box. He made you uniquely. Maybe you love to do art. Maybe you love accounting. I don't know why. But God bless you. He's made you to love numbers. Then go do that. The other way that the scripture says this is to use your gifts. Maybe you love to encourage people or to serve people or to invite them into your home. Do those things for the glory of the Lord. To wrap it all up, choose Jesus and choose joy. Joy isn't just this selfish pursuit that if I go and find what I want, then I'll have joy. It's in Jesus. The uh, Clemson football coach, when they won the national championship last year, he said a quote. He said, well, I just try to have joy. Here's what joy is. Jesus first, others, and then you. He just says, it, our source of joy, that spells joy, by the way, uh, our source of joy is Jesus. And from our joy in Jesus, it then leads us to serve and love others. Not just serve and love ourselves, but most of us flip it around and we have yaj. No one wants yaj. We want joy. It's not about you. And it's not about hanging with other people so that you feel better about you and then somewhere Jesus fits in. That's backwards. How do you have joy? You choose Jesus and live in relationship with him. And guys, there are some people in this room who are going through really hard circumstances. And as we addressed earlier, circumstances are real. And it, it isn't just this, this pithy thing to go, well, just get over it and choose joy. Those are really hard. And one of the ways that the Bible reminds God's people continually of who he is is when they gather together like this and they rejoice. They don't just stand there and just go, my life sucks. I hate it. Yeah, you tell me how much your life's terrible. They gather together and they focus on God. And they rejoice in who he is and they rejoice in his promises. Rejoice, what that word means is to take great pleasure and joy and delight in and take action. It's to worship. It's to sing whatever you're chained on the wall or your life is in shambles. And if you're here and that is your circumstance, then listen to the people of God sing over you the truth of who God is and how he loves you. We're gonna sing Psalm 34. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is he who hides in him. It's not just this far off idea. It is something that if you choose it, you taste it, you will see the goodness of God lived out fully in your life. Let me pray and then we'll sing. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that we don't have to walk this earth trying to figure it out. We don't have to walk this earth trying to make ourselves better or more lovely or more good or gooder. We can trust you, we can choose you, we can choose life in you because when you were here you said, I have come that you may have life and life abundantly, life to the full, life with fullness of joy. And Lord, we're easily distracted by all the things in our life where our feelings take us and where we wanna place our focus and what we wanna choose that isn't you and so Lord, help us Help us find eternal life in you. Help us choose to have life in you today and tomorrow, regardless of what's going on around us. Thank you, Lord, that you chose us. 
not for what we've done or what we could do, but because you loved us, that we are your joy. And because you chose us, we can choose to find joy in you. Lord, we worship you. We sing that you are good and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.